Well, it's 11.30, and so I'm going to chuck the first part of my message, and I'm not going to create the need today, and I'm not going to talk about what we need. Uh, I'm going to go right into, I really kind of hope to uh, <clears throat> share some things, but I'll probably share some things later as we uh, journey on this road. Um, <clears throat> over the last month and a half or so, we've been talking about discipleship, and I know Mike shared two weeks ago about the, the desperate need for us to be discipled and to disciple others, and uh, he, he kind of tagged along with my messages on discipleship, and I've been talking about the cost of discipleship, and there's been about four or five, six messages that I've shared on discipleship, <clears throat> and the Lord uh, um, just was, in the last couple weeks, he's been moving on my heart to even kind of go back to something I've already preached probably in the second message in this series. And he began to lay some things in my heart over the last several weeks that is crucial. And so it may sound like today that it's almost like a little bit of a repeat of, um, of my message, but it's really not. It's not a repeat. Sometimes God brings repetition in order to bring what? Revelation. Revelation. Absolutely. And so he's put some things in my heart today that I pray will bless you and, and help us to uh, kind of journey uh, down the road. So I'm not going to waste a lot of time. I'll go ahead and get to a PowerPoint scripture. And, you know, in the last several weeks that we uh, have brought this message, this is the scripture that we have started with. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And so several weeks ago, we started with that message that we're not really about making converts, but God has called us to make disciples. Amen. And that much of the problem in our culture and in the body of Christ today is we have a lot of people who have been, <clears throat> that say they believe in Christ, but they're not a disciple of Christ. And I've talked about how we have to move from believing in Christ to following Christ. And how we need to move from following Christ to devoting ourselves to Christ and, and finding out what pleases him and what touches his heart and how it, what, what, what pleases him. And so today what I'm going to do is I'm going to skip a bunch of that stuff and I'm going to move right on into another passage where I want to go today. And it's this passage. Because this passage here in Matthew 28 is really Jesus' last command to his disciples. When he was getting ready to be taken up to heaven, this is what he told his disciples. Guys, hey, go, make disciples. Make disciples. And that's what we want to do as a church is make disciples. Amen? Are you a disciple? Are you a disciple? <laughs> I'm not asking you, are you a believer? I'm asking you, are you a disciple? Are you a follower of Christ? There's a big difference, and that's where we're moving, and that's where we're heading. And so the, the, this is the last command he made, but this is one of the first commands that he made when he was beginning to gather his disciples. In this passage in Matthew 4, 19, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So today I want to dive into this scripture. And uh, some of the stuff we're going to get into later down the road in the year, wherever we go, who knows how God's going to have us do this. But one of the things is that sticks out to me are the two words, follow me and I will make you. 
It's God's job to make us something, but it's our job to follow, amen? And so I'm going to start talking today just a little bit about this concept of following because I really believe that most of us have a head, we've we've got it in our head about following, but we really don't have it in our heart yet, and I believe God wants to do something today with follow me. Everybody say, follow me. Now, all of us follow many different things. (laughs) I could bring my father-in-law up here today, and that man follows basketball, and he follows sports like crazy. I could ask him what a scripture is, and he wouldn't have a clue, but he has all the stats about my boys and my daughter playing sports. Not too long ago, we were in the car and we were talking. He goes, yeah, he said, you remember that game when Joel was a junior and we were up in Kokomo and he he starts rattling off all this and the score was this to this and, and I mean, he knew the score. He knew how many points Joel had made. He knew how many rebounds he had. He knew all the stats of a game that took place five years ago. But if I ask him where his keys are, uh, I don't know. If you ask him something else, I can't remember it. Because he is really devoted, and he is a follower of sports. Now, my father-in-law is becoming a follower of Christ in this journey. Amen? And he loves God, and he's growing in his walk with Christ. Praise the Lord for that. And what I'm trying to make this point is we all follow all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's people who follow football, and they know all the players. They know their stats. They know all kinds of stuff. But they're not followers of Christ. They're not disciples. And today what I want to do, and here's where God has been correcting me, as I've been talking about following, I wanted today, I want to dive into the life of Jesus Christ. I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about how he was a follower. And I want to learn today, and I want to go with you today, about what was in Christ's heart that actually is in your heart. Here's what I know. If you're born again today, and you've asked Christ into your heart, and you are a a, a lover of God, and you're saying, hey, I love God and I'm following him, there has been a seed that has been planted in you. It's called the seed of Christ. You have been, con- you, you, the very DNA of the Lord is in you. <laughs> and that, by the way, is good news. <laughs> and we're going to look at his life today, and I'm going to skip a lot of this other stuff, and we're going to go into what Jesus did in his life. Anybody love Jesus? Anybody willing to look at his life today and follow it? Amen. Well, that's where we're going to go. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus said this in Luke 14, 27. Jesus said, Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, that is exclusionary. Jesus actually divided people. And he actually basically said in Luke 14, 
if you're not going to carry your cross and you're not going to follow me, you're not going to be my disciple. Now, that seems pretty harsh to me. Anybody else? If you're not going to carry your cross, if you're not going to follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Does that bother anybody besides me? So if you think you're going to be able to live the Christian life without following Christ, you're nuts. You've actually given up your allegiance to yourself, and you've actually given it to the Lord. See, he's not just a self-help guy. See, Christ isn't just about making your life a little better. He's not just about making your finances a little better. He's not just about making your emotions a little better. He's not just about making it, it not so stressful to go to college tomorrow. He's not about making you just a little better version of you. He's really about killing you. He's really about saying, I don't want you to lead your life. I want you to follow me. I want you to do it my way. I've told my kids for years, as, we were, as they were growing up, I've, I mean, they're probably tired of hearing it. Not God's way. Not your way, God's way. His way's better. So Christ narrows the playing field even more in John 14, 23, when he says this, if anyone loves me, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. Loves me. Wow. That used to really wreak havoc on me because I was not obeying many things. Anybody else struggled with obeying and following God? Everyone in this room, stand up. Yep. No, you don't have to. Okay. So. What I want to do today is I want to go through the word and I want to begin to look at the life of Christ. I, he is our example. Eric Haler is not your example. Although Paul says in the, in the New Testament, follow me as I follow Christ. Yes, that is true. And yes, there's honor and respect and we follow other people. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the great example. Amen. And so I want to begin to dive into Christ's heart and these scriptures and I pray that they really bless you. <clears throat> This first one here is in John 14, 31. And it says, the world must learn. This is Jesus in red. Everybody realized that Jesus spoke in red, right? <laughs> I should have put it on red there, shouldn't I have? This is in your, and this is what I've been doing over the last couple of months. I've been studying everything that Jesus said and trying to get into his heart and what he did. But I love what he said here in John 14, 30, 31. I may have missed the scripture. Nope, I didn't. Okay. The world must learn that I love my Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Now think about that just a minute. Jesus is declaring to his disciples that the world must learn, all these people that are gathered around us, they must learn that I love my Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded. I love that passage. Here's another one. I missed one. I forgot to put one down. John 14, 28, if you're taking notes today. It's just above this one. John 14, 28, write that in your notes. It says this, for the Father is greater than I.
What does that communicate from Jesus' heart? For the Father is greater than I. What was Jesus saying? The Father is greater than I. He is above me. I am not above him. It's a place of authority. It's a place of reverence. It's a place where he's putting God above himself. His ways are higher than mine. So Jesus had made this thing where he understood his place. And he was putting God in his rightful place. Christians need to put God in his rightful place. As we look at his life, and we see that the reason he had put God in his rightful place was because he loved God so much. And he loved God so much that he did exactly what his father commanded. And my goodness, that's where we're headed. We're headed to a place where we're so in love with God, we want to do things his way. We're so in love with God, we want to to only do his things. That we've put him in a place where he's higher and I am lower. Look at this one. Jesus' life. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. Wow. He can do only what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he does. This is becoming more real in my life as I deal with people and I look at what God is doing in people's lives. When I see God blessing people's lives, I see that he is working on doing something. When I see him bringing correction to their lives, and I see him giving the rope, and the rope is getting shorter and shorter, and he's bringing discipline to their life, guess what I need to do? I need to do what he's doing. So instead of letting somebody off the hook and and applying grace, if God's right now not giving grace, but he's actually bringing discipline to their life, I need to work where he's working. And I need to administer exactly what the Spirit of God is doing. And so what we do in the service, as Alger came to me and Charlene came to me, what I was trying to do is we're we're collectively trying to hear the voice of God and what he's doing. And Alger had something on his heart and Charlene had something on her heart. And I'm sitting here going, but look what God's doing. The people of God are responding. They're worshiping. And And so we were trying to discern what the Spirit of God was doing so that we could do what he's doing. And so if he's wanting us to engage in worship and he's wanting us to to surrender whatever he's doing in the midst of our service, then we got to do what he's doing. That's what Jesus is talking about here. I only do and say what I hear my father doing and saying. And so what he says is I can do nothing by myself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. I see this in people's lives as well. There's times where, and I've seen him do it in my life. Anybody else been there? We'll see if you have. (laughs) I'm bringing the practicality of this word to us. There's times in my life where there were things the Lord was convicting me and challenging me to get rid of in my life. Anybody been there? And I was struggling. And the grace of the Lord was on me. And I don't want to say he was tolerating it, 
but he was giving me opportunity to humble myself and to die to myself and to say no to myself and to follow and do it his way. Anybody ever been there? And then there was the season where the carpet was pulled out from underneath me. And he was saying, but I've been dealing with you, Eric, for eight years or nine years or 10 years. Years. God is long-suffering. Can I have an amen on that? And there's sometimes where it's a two or three month thing where he's dealing with you and he doesn't allow a long time to come and he begins to deal with your heart. And this is where we're going as a church. This is where we're going. That we are more concerned about him being God and me not. Say, I'm not God. He is. He's greater than I. And I love my father so much, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond and do what he says. Amen. So Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. I can do nothing by myself. Now, a lot of us don't have that figured out yet. <laughs> a lot of us are doing really good doing things by ourselves. And it really messes up our life, amen? It really has a way of messing things over. So let's look into Jesus' life on this next passage. We need to do nothing without him. Can everybody say amen? John 10, I'm trying to keep moving. John 10, 17 through 18. <laughs> I love this passage. Jesus, again, red letters. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life. Only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. Nope. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. Now, I've bolded that for a reason. Now, we realize that Jesus is talking about laying down his life and dying on the cross here. That is the context of this passage. But the context of this passage is much bigger than that. Because Jesus was also communicating something. And here's what we all got to realize. God still works within your free will. And you have the power to lay your life down, and you have the power to pick it back up. You have the power to obey him, or you have the power to not. He has given us all a free will as to whether we're going to follow him or not. And I can, I have that authority to either lay my down, and what we do is we don't lay our life down much, much, of, our, much of the time. But what we do is we pick it back up. How many of you ever heard the phrase that, yep, I've, I'm on the cross, but sometimes I come down off the cross. Then I get back up on the cross, and then I get down off the cross. That's what we're talking about here. The power to either, we have the authority to either lay our life down. And Jesus took this, and he had a command from the Father, and he said, lay your life down. But I, this command I received from my Father. What I'm trying to point out here is Jesus' life, he was all about doing the will of the Father. He was a follower. Now, we're going to go somewhere, and I'm going to wind this thing in. 
You're wondering where I'm going with this. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here, but I'm here. At the end of this message, it's going to make sense. I'm taking us somewhere. Paul said that your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death upon a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Can we say thank you for your obedience? Thank you that you only did what you heard the Father doing. Thank you that you were obedient to, to death. But here's what I want to say. Your attitude should be the same. Eric Haler's attitude should be the same as that of Christ. That I am not God. <laughs> I do not consider myself equal to him. That he is the one in authority. I need to make myself nothing. I need to take the very nature of being a servant to all. And I need to humble myself and become obedient to following Christ. Christ said in Luke or in Matthew 4, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Follow my example. This is the example of Christ. Pretty doggone good example, isn't it? So here's where I want to go. I want to make some points here. And then I'm going to really give you some good news. He said, follow me. And the first point that I want to make, and I've kind of made it through here, Jesus knew that God was greater than himself. Your attitude has to be of that. Say, that, that, you need to write that down today, is God is God and I am not him. <laughs> if he, if we were God, 50% of the people in this church would be dead. Because we would have slayed them. Oh, you laugh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I would be dead because you guys would have taken me out a long time ago. Jesus knew that God is greater than himself. He is above me. He rules. He is the lead. God is the one in authority. By choice, Jesus chose being God-ruled over self-ruled. Now, here's the good news. I've got four, three other points. The good news is because Jesus is in you, and here's where God's been convicting me. Let me go to the points first. I'll get to that good news here. Point one. I'm sorry. Rabbit trails, right? Jesus loved God. Jesus made a choice to love God more than himself. He loved his father so much. Love is what compelled his heart, not duty, not performance, not fear. Love motivated Jesus' heart. Isn't Jesus a good example for us? Number three, Jesus was so humble. He followed what he saw his father doing. He kept his eyes on the father and watched him and imitated what he saw his father doing. He lowered himself and exalted the father's actions. He exalted the Father's opinions. 
his father's desires. He exalted what God wanted. Anybody want to be that? Anybody struggling with that? Anybody else struggling with that? I'm not here to point out where we're falling short. I'm going to tell you the good news. How we're going to get there. Number four, he was a servant. He obeyed. He served. He loved. He laid down his life for everyone. He lived for God's purposes. He gave up his rights to be served. How many want that? How many want that? Now, here's where God's been yanking on me. You ready for this? This is good. This is the secret. Now, here's where, and normally in my message, that I can make people feel really guilty. <laughs> Holy Spirit can come and convict us, and we can all sit here going, yep, that's not me. I'm not a servant. Boom. I'm not humble. Nope. Number two, yep, I don't love God very much because I'm not following him. I'm not motivated by love. Yep, yep. Number five, God is God. Nope, I'm on the throne. He's not on the throne. I, I, anybody else? Anybody been there? Smoked that one, been pipe one, many, one too many times? Here's what the Lord was doing with me this last couple of weeks. I'll never change beating myself up. You'll never change knowing what you're doing wrong. I can tell you what you're doing wrong until you're blue in the face. But here's what the Lord convicted me of in the last couple of weeks. He said, Eric, you don't believe that's possible. I said, what? Here's what he began to download. He said, you're lying to yourself and you're not believing that living like that is possible. And the body of Christ does not believe it's possible to live for God. They don't believe that living that kind of life is possible. It's only the higher ups that can attain that. And he said, you're not in faith of what I can do in the heart of a man. And I said, oh, oh. Is that called a slap on the hand, Lord? I said, forgive me. And he said, I am the righteous one. I am the one with all the power to convert the heart of men, to change the heart of men. Yes, I'm asking the body of Christ to follow, but I am the one who converts. I am the one who changes men on the inside. I am Yahweh. And the very seed of my son is in you. And the very seed of my son will be glorified in you and through you. And people need to know that it is possible to live like this because of me. Mm, 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 mm. 
Because Eric Haler started to doubt. Eric starts doubting when he sees people struggling in the mire of sin and all the garbage that's in their life. You start to lose hope and say, oh God, can any be saved? But then you look and you see the changes and you see people come, you see people start to change and you see the good things that happen in people's lives. And God said, I am changing people on the inside. And I will change people on the inside. But they've got to believe it's possible. So when I go down this list and I look at it in my notes, and I said, he is greater than I. He is above me. He rules. He is the lead. God is the one in authority. In my notes, what I would have put, I would have said, hey, who's in authority over you? Or are you allowing God to be God? And I, I could beat you and I could whip you with a whip, but I, can, but I want to say, no, that's me. God is God. If you have Christ in you, there is something on the inside that's jumping right now saying, yes, Yes, he is my God. Yes, he is the one in control. Yes, he is the one. Yes, that's my heart. That is my heart. But there's this other heart, this other part of me, the old man that wants to say, oh, it ain't possible, boy. Anybody there? There's that other part of me. And I didn't put this in my notes, but in Colossians chapter Chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Lie not to yourself any longer by putting on the old man, but the new man is being renewed in the revelation knowledge of who your creator is. And so I lie to myself. You lie to yourself when you look at your old man. You lie to yourself when you look at your old man. That's not who you really are. When your flesh struggles with lust and depression and all the garbage that wants to come in, those evil de de desires that were of your old man, the enemy tries to convince you that's who you are. And I'm here to say that's not who you are. There is a righteous seed that's been planted in you. If that hasn't been planted in you and today you're not born again, you need to get the seed of Christ deposited in you because you'll never change and be a good guy. You'll never get there without Christ. And what we've got to do is we've got to start watering that seed of truth that I am the righteousness of Christ. I am his. I can follow that example because of who he is and who he is in me. And we quit paying attention to the old man. We quit. We put off the, the deeds of the flesh and we put on the, the things of righteousness and peace and joy. I'll read a passage to you that I don't have on my notes Lord downloaded this in my heart. Guys with me, can you give me a second here? If you want to write down a few scriptures that you could study this week as homework, this would be great. I'll give them to you. Colossians 3, verses 5 through 10, or if you want to, read the whole chapter. Colossians 3. Romans 13. And Ephesians 4. I'm going to read two scriptures out of the English Standard Version. This one is out of Colossians 3, which I'm giving you as homework so you can read it. It says this, to put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. 
Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked. Say, I once walked. Say, I once walked. Some of it might have been last night. Hmm. We're getting rid of it, right? In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, everybody say, but now. But now now you must put them all away. Everybody say it with me. But now you must put them all away. And he gives this long list. Anger. Anybody been chomping on that one lately? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of your creator. And so then he goes on further down. He says, put on then. And he tells us what we're now to put ourselves, clothe ourselves with. You guys ready for this? This is what's in you. This is already deposited in you. This is in you right now. We've just got to put it on and draw from what's already inside of us. The very seed of Christ. He says, put this on. You ready? Verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. beloved, He says, clothe yourselves. Put it on. Compassion. Compassionate hearts. Kindness. Humility. Meekness. And patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another... If one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, so to which indeed you were called in one body. That's good stuff. That's what we're to do. That's how we're to clothe ourselves. So, how do I put, okay, the anger, I've got to put anger off. I've got to put the unforgiveness off. So, somebody does something to me. I have the free will. I have the power to pick my life up, or I have the power to lay my life down. We just talked about following Christ. We're followers. We're disciples. Amen? So, when the anger comes, anybody experience anger? When the anger comes, I have my choice now. I can either pick that up and clothe myself with it, Or I can draw from the other man. Or I can draw from the other man. Or I can draw from the other man. The man of Christ that is in me. The seed of righteousness that's there. And I can pull on love and compassion and I can put that on. And I can say, you know what? Just like Jesus did on the cross. When somebody sins against me, I have this sneaking suspicion. They have no clue they've sinned against me. And I can do what Christ did. Father, forgive them. They don't have a clue what they're doing. They're that big of a bonehead. (laughs) I can what? Draw from the seed of Christ? And we have to practice this. Do we not have to practice this? This is about being a disciple, church. It's about are we going to engage our will? There's something already righteous in me. And tell me, I tell you, it's here's where the rubber meets the road. Is when I don't and I feel that conviction of the Spirit, I feel that nudging, or, nudging, or you hear it, say, hey, what's, what do you think the Lord wants you to do? 
God always makes a way of escape. He always gives you an opportunity on which road you're going to take. And there has to be something that starts to rise up. Ooh, I'm not going to go that way. And some of us, we don't even have a clue what we're supposed to do. We don't even know the godly way to react because all we know is the familiar old man that we keep drawing from. And God says, no, you've been made of an incorruptible seed. A what? I've been made of an incorruptible seed? Do I believe or not? Do I believe that this Christian life, living for God, following him is possible? Do you believe it? Because my suspicion is you're a lot like me. I say in my head, I believe, I believe, I believe, but I live like I don't believe. Now, I've seen God radically deliver drug addicts. Shelly Hansen? Did God set you free? Stand up, girl. Who did it? Who did it? What did he do? He set you free. Amen. The power of God. Are you perfect? No. Still growing down that road, aren't you? Allowing Christ. Who else? Who else? Jimmy, who else? Stand up. Have you been saved? Have you been set free? Is it possible to live for Christ? Do you remember from which you where you come from? I'm telling you, we got to get back to believing the best in each other. When we see our brothers and sisters fall or start to act like a two-year-old, here's what happened to me this week. I was meeting with somebody, and I met with a whole bunch of people with issues. So I'm not talking to you if you're here, okay? So don't think I'm using your story, okay? But I said to this person, that is not who you are. That is not who you are. There is something better in you than that. Get up. A righteous man falls, but he gets up. The very seed of Christ is in you. I know who you are, and we got to quit giving up on people just because they make mistakes. But we've got to draw from the righteousness of God that's in each other. We've got to start drawing from it and say, no, I'm going to tell you, don't lie to yourself any longer. You're being renewed in the very image of your creator. This is who you are. And I can feel courage start to rise in this person. You mean I'm not that scumbag over there? That one wallering in sin over here that about destroyed my life? No, that's not who you are. This is who you are. That is the man I know. That is the woman I know. That's the Christ in you. That we got to call to. That we have to cultivate. That we have to go for and pull it from you and believe God that it's possible. And not stay in the mire. Not stay in the junk. You've got to change your life. You can't stay there. you got to come out and be the man of God. Be the woman of God that you're called to be. Can I have an amen on that? 
And I need an army of people calling out the righteousness of God, calling out who they are and believing who they are. I know who you are in Christ. You're a great creation in God. The old things have passed away, all things have become new. And I'm telling you what, the devil's been lying to this church and people in it, making you think that you're un this, un that, un this. Yeah, that's the junk. But we got to start pulling out the refiner's fire and pulling the gold out of people. The very righteousness of Christ is who we are. And I believe it. I do now. Because God kicked me in the pants. And so if I see my children or spiritual children acting up and acting like stupidity, because that spirit of stupid kind of wants to fall on all of us every once in a while, I say, no, that is not who you are. And so when I fall short of the glory of God, I have to tell myself, I am sorry, God, that is not who I am. I am not. And you can name whatever you did, whatever you done, however you want to say it. And you say, that is not me. I am the righteousness of Christ. I am a son of the living God. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a victorious Christian. I am not going to live in defeat. I am going to under overcome my issues by the grace of the living God in me. And we got to start believing that. Amen. I hear you amen on me, but you got to start believing it. Amen. And we start believing it. So do you believe in the power of God? Oh boy, another scripture just popped up. You guys, yeah, it's 12 after. Who cares? Push out of You guys are such a bunch of nuts, aren't you? You guys have way too much fun at church. You go to that cult over there at New Covenant Worship Center, don't you? I know that. But we are the righteousness of Christ. And I believe in the power of God to the salvation of all who believe. It is the power of God that worketh in you. And here's what we do, is when we don't believe that God is able to change us, when we don't believe in who we really are, here's what we fall into. Why try? Why try? Just give in to the pornography. Just give in to the depression. Just give in to the fear. Just give in to it. I can't overcome it. So what we do is we give in to it. And so what we do is we begin to feed it. Because we don't believe that it is possible. And as I look over this crowd and I see all the different faces. Tyler, I'm glad you're smiling, buddy. I see changed ones. I see the righteousness of Christ in you. And I'm telling you, greater is he 
that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me. He is in me. He is my hope of glory. He is my hope. I'm telling you, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. But I'm telling you, God's wanting to restore our hope. He's wanting to restore our faith today in believing in his ability to change us and not in my ability to work hard. Not in my ability. Yes, discipleship is about discipline. Yes, there is my part. There is the part of following that I'm talking about today. But to be a disciple, to be a disciple, yes, I must follow. But that scripture in 419 says, follow me and I will make. Follow me and I will make. Follow me and I will make. Who's doing the making? Who's frying the bacon? He does the making, I do the following. And I've got to believe that he will make in me a clean heart. That he will restore a right spirit in me. That he who is greater than I will finish the work that he has begun in me. I just simply have to follow. I want to show you this video. Chad's going to show a video and we're going to end here. Pretty cool video. The disciples were following Christ. And they were getting real excited because Christ was doing all these miracles. And they started following him. And masses were coming around him. And then all of a sudden persecution came. And the followership started diving off. And then all of a sudden the followership started going. I just thought it was a cool video. Let the Spirit of God deal with your heart about how you're doing at following him. And I'll keep huffing and puffing. I want to encourage you to follow God. Follow God. Follow his ways. And he will make you something in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's watch it, Chad. Thank you. 
are you going to follow? If you would, stand with me today. You going back to college, guys, and school, people make fun of you for following Christ. They'll make fun of you for being radical. They'll try to get you to come off your values. And they'll make fun of you. But young people, I want to encourage you to be followers of the Messiah, the King of glory. That no matter how much fun you get made of, that you stand for something that is greater than you. He is God. As you go to school and you're tempted, I want to encourage you to remember this message, to be a follower of Christ, to do it his way and not your own. And I know you students here today, some of you have been even longing for some of your parents to do it that way, and you don't see them doing it. But I say follow Christ, whether anybody else does it. You are change agents. You're revivalists. And I don't just say it to the students, I say it to all of us today. We're change agents. We're change agents. We're to be followers. We're to be disciples who follow him. And as we follow him, he will make us. He will do the making. We just have to do the following. And I'm going to have the altar team ministry come up and go with the, come to the altar. And Here's what I believe. I believe there are some here today, you're not following Christ. You've not chosen to say yes to the Lord. And today the Lord is here and he's drawing your heart. You feel nervous. You feel the, the blood pressure go up and you feel all those feelings. And that's the Spirit of God saying, will you come follow me? Come on, I want to take you on a different road. I got a different plan for your life. God's here today and he's saying, come, follow Christ. Come, come follow Christ. And I want you to come to the altar team and I want you to let them pray with you. Because they'll lead you to accepting the one who is the King of glory. And he will radically change your life today. He wants you wants you. He loves you. And he wants you to surrender to following him. You've been following your own way and it's got you nothing but trouble. You've done it your way and it's caused you all kinds of pain. But today the Spirit of God is knocking on your heart and you're going to respond. You're going to let people pray with you and you're going to say yes to the Lord. I will follow you. Yes, I will follow you. And you're going to let him pray with you. And they'll lead you to him. And then there's others here today. You've been following part-time. You're a part-time follower. And you know the conviction of the Spirit of God's on you. Your blood pressure's going up now too. And you know the Lord's already been dealing with your heart. 
we want to pray with you too. But maybe, just maybe, maybe you need to humble yourself tonight. Maybe you just need to come to the altar and humble yourself before the Lord and bow before Him and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm going to follow you full time. I'm a full time follower. I'm going to deny you no more. Maybe there's some here that you've been away from the Lord. You've known God, but you've walked away. And today is a day of recommitment to following Christ. And you're going to come forward too. You're going to let somebody know so that we can help you on the journey. And so I'm going to open the altars up. We're going to put the music up a little louder. And if you're not in any of those categories or you don't need prayer, I just ask that you quietly leave the sanctuary, but you, that you would pray say, God, deal with our hearts. But would you allow the Spirit of God to deal with your heart? If you're in those any of those categories, you want to come and kneel before the Lord, you want to recommit your ways to the Lord, or you want to give Christ your life, we're just going to let you do that now. Let's do business with God, and let's follow Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit, come and deal with our hearts. Lord, we choose to follow you today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a blessed day.